The Informed Traveler with Randy Sharman is brought to you by mygrouptravel.ca. Got a group? Want to travel? Get a quote. Go to mygrouptravel.ca. And to listen to the show online, go to theinformedtraveler.ca. Welcome again to the Informed Traveler Radio Show. I'm Randy Sharman. This part of the show is brought to you by Park to Go Value Valet. No hassles, no delays. That's a promise. And over in Ireland this weekend, they are celebrating St. Patrick's Day. So with that in mind, we thought we'd invite travel writer and blogger Natalie Preddy, whose recent blog is called Why You Need to Visit Dublin. You can find it on her website, nattyponline.com. Hello, Natalie. Hi, how you doing, Randy? I'm good, thank you. Your latest blog, Why Do You Need to Visit Dublin? We're going to answer that question, but I'm looking on the uh, Visit Dublin website, their travel website, and they are right in the middle of their St. Patrick's Day celebrations. We're missing a big party, apparently, it sounds like. Yes, we are, and um, it turns out that St. Patrick's Day is actually a kickoff to to summer in in Ireland. I don't want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) I know, as we get another snowstorm over here, um, (laughs) they're they're getting ready to, you know, head into festival season, you know, um, Glastonbury and the festival, music festivals and and, uh, being able to sit outside in the park. Uh, and that, that is what uh, St. Patrick's Day represents over there. So it is quite the party. I, I could imagine uh, the hangovers uh, come Tuesday morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of people aren't, aren't making it to work on, on Tuesday. <laughs> so how popular is Dublin for Canadians to visit? I know there's a lot more flights to Dublin that you can uh, take, and the access is a lot easier. That always helps, doesn't it? Absolutely. So you can actually, uh, in the summer months, um, our summer months, you can fly to Dublin uh, seven days a week with Air Canada. Um, and uh, around the rest of the year, it's four times a week. So mm-hmm. it's really easy to get over there. They're really making the whole country a lot more accessible. Uh, Canadians uh, tend to go over there you know, quite a lot. It's a, it's, everyone speaks English, which I think um, makes a lot of people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and it's, it's, close to London and other European countries. So a lot of people uh, tend to um, make it part of a bigger trip. And so was this your first time there, and what was your attraction if it was? So this was, was actually my second time uh, to Dublin. Uh, it was very it was very different than my, my first time. Um, the first time I went with my uh, now husband uh, almost a decade ago, and the, the city has really, really changed. So I went with a bunch of bunch of other uh, journalists uh, in January, and mm-hmm. as, I was, as I was telling you beforehand, the weather was gorgeous, uh, 13 degrees and sunny. It was beautiful. Um, and we were there uh, to take a look at Tradfest. Um, that was our, our, main, our, our main goal to get to as many of those concerts. Now, that's traditional Irish music festival. Okay. Um, so music is a huge part of Irish culture. Um, and we've got bands you know, like, you, the, like U2, the Pogues, the Dubliners, the Cranberries, I'm, I'm sure uh, you've heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and, you know, they represent a big part of, of Irish culture. Um, but there's, lately there's been a lot of people uh, looking back at traditional Irish music. Um, which is in Gaelic. 
a lot of it's in Gaelic. So we were going to places uh, like St. Patrick's Cathedral, Dublin Castle, um, these beautiful historic venues in the city to listen to people on fiddles and singing and guitars and um, tambour, all these different uh, traditional Irish instruments to hear the music. And it was fantastic. Um, Music there is very social as well. So it's not unusual to just go down a pub and, you know, not know anyone, but there'll be four people with with different instruments, a fiddle and a, a drum and a guitar, and they just start playing. So, you know, you see sit, sitting in, in the pub, having a drink, all of a sudden this band kicks off and everyone starts dancing and singing along to these old Irish ditties, which are, you know, back from uh, the old country uh-huh. and, and someone, you know, singing about um, missing their their daughter or their husband, you know, um, some lamenting, if you will. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so music was, was is, is a huge part of of uh, Irish culture, and especially in Dublin. Um, Ireland actually has 7,000 pubs <laughs> for 4 million people. <laughs> That's a quite a ratio. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Just making sure everyone is, is, uh, is, is taken care of. Well, and with the pubs, too, and the music, obviously there's uh, traditional uh, foods that go along with it. Was there anything in particular that stood out for you when you were there? I know a lot of people think about, you know, potatoes and stews and things like that Mm. um, when you think of Ireland. But uh, what I found in Dublin is that there is a real um, focus on Irish um, born and bred um, meats and cheeses and and the whole farm to table movement. Mm -hmm. Um, We went on uh, the Fab Food Trail, which took us through all these different restaurants um, and uh, cheese boutiques and and ice cream shops and everything that uh, throughout uh, Dublin. And they're they're trying to educate uh, Irish, the tr- people who are traditionally Irish, um, away from uh, stews and potatoes <laughs> and you know and the stereotypical stuff that we think of, right? <laughs> Exactly. And say and saying, no, 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 we are so much more, you know, there are so many sheep and so many cows in <laughs> in Ireland. Look at everything we can do with them. So um, what I found in in Dublin was that lots of different options of food. Um, and it was and, you know, they bring it people were bringing in buffaloes and trying to raise buffaloes in Ireland for meat. And it seemed like they were really trying to not focus on the stereotypical mm-hmm. Irish foods, which was which was very cool because we got to try um, lots of different cuisines or or Irish takes on different cu- cuisines, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you're mentioning this is a media trip, so sometimes uh, media trips you get treated a little differently than the average visitor. But if if someone was uh, planning a visit to to Dublin, uh, what would you say to them? What are, the, what are the, some of the things that they would need to to know? Well. You have to go to the Guinness storehouse. <laughs> it is very, very cool. And even since I had uh, had been there last, it had changed a lot. Uh, there is so much to learn. You can take a class where you learn uh, from a Guinness master how to pour a Guinness properly. And you can do this whether you have just walked in off the street, whether you booked it ahead of time. Anyone can do this. <laughs> um, and you go in and you'll try the different uh, 
types of Guinness that have been made over the years, the ones that are imported or exported, I should say, to different areas of the world. And then at the very top of the storehouse, you can there's a bar where everyone can have a pint of Guinness uh, and you can overlook uh, the whole city, 360 degrees. It's all glass. Wow. So it is a very, very cool place to check out. Also, the Jameson factory is also fantastic. You know, they walk you through how they uh, how they make whiskey. Um, the difference between whiskey with an E-Y and whiskey with a Y. So only whiskey made in Scotland is W-H-I-S-K-Y. Uh, and if it's Irish or from anywhere else, that's when you add the E. Really? So, I did not know yeah, that. Little tidbits like that. Yeah. Um, at the James, Jameson factory. And of course, um, you get to sample uh, Jameson. So um, actually on that trip is uh, when I went first went about a decade ago is when I first fell in love with Jameson. So they <laughs> already had a had a, a devotee when, um, when I went back this time. I would also recommend walking through some of the green spaces in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Stephen's Green is just gorgeous. Um, and lots of people, you know, just uh, hanging out on the grass. Um, and, you know, you can get an ice cream there, uh, have a picnic. And then, of course, places uh, like Dublin Castle, um, St. Patrick's Cathedral are beautiful. Trinity College, uh, where so, so many uh, big writers went. Um, Jonathan Swift, I believe, went there. Oscar Wilde, uh, which are a huge part of uh, literary culture. Um, and Temple Bar, which is... Uh, all cobblestones, pedestrian only. They have lots of food markets in there. Um, lots of that, you know, the farm-to-table produce I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Um, and, of course, lots of pubs. So you'll, <laughs> 7,000, apparently, throughout the country. 7, 000, <laughs> yeah, some of the 7,000 pubs. And some of them have that music, you know, that you just walk in and people are playing in the corner. And some of them are what we called old man pubs where no one's saying a word and you well, just go in there and you have your pint and then leave. Sounds, <laughs> uh, sounds magical. Uh, you can find her blog, Why You Need to Visit Dublin, on her website, Natty P Online. The Adventures of Natty P and Company and Natty P is Natalie Preddy. Travel writer and blogger, I appreciate your uh, time, Natalie. Oh, well, thanks for having me. The Informed Traveler with Randy Sharman is brought to you by mygrouptravel.ca. Got a group? Want to travel? Get a quote. Go to mygrouptravel.ca. And to listen to the show online, go to theinformedtraveler.ca.